Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez and co-host Aisha Kreutz. A starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Bienvenidos al show con una misión para educar, unir y hacer sinergia. It's me, Peter Vesquez, and... Oh, man, it's a little quiet. Aisha's I'm not Aisha, here. right? <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was most surely not Aisha Kreutz, my co-host, my best friend. Unfortunately, Aisha is a little bit under the weather. So, friends, please keep her in your prayer today as she battles off uh, what we're hoping is just a seasonal cold. But in studio, I got... Well, Aisha will say we always have great guests, because we do. Um, but with 48... Uh, 46 days left in a uh, in this election. Uh, you know, we wanted to bring as many uh, candidates that we can, and all candidates have been invited. So if you heard a Republican on our show, rest assured that, that, that their opponent on the Democrat side was given the exact same inf uh, invitation. We've had great guests here that are running for office, like Christine Dimovesquez, who's running for the Monroe County Family Court, and Orlando Rivera, who's running for the New York State Assembly in the 136. But today, we have... Laron Singletary running for Congress. And you know what else? We don't even have all politicians today because with him, we also have Virginia Eleanor McIntyre, an individual that is just unique and very impactful in the community. And she's here to talk about unity and politics. Exciting conversations. Welcome, Laron. Welcome, Virginia. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, man, listen, the excitement's mine, the, the honor is mine. I know Aisha's probably sitting at home saying, darn, I missed one of the better shows today, although they're all the better shows. So, um, But, hey, you guys mind, or we'll start with Laron. Laron, do you mind telling us a little bit about who Laron Singletary is and where you came from and where you're going? Sure thing. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a, it's a great opportunity to be here. And um, Laron Singletary, born and raised here in the, from the city of Rochester, uh, went to city schools, John Marshall High School, graduated from Wintem, MCC, CUCA, Brockport, proud graduates of all three institutions. Um, you know, did 20 years here in the Rochester Police Department, served, protected, defended, rose all the way up to the chief of police, and now I have an opportunity to serve, uh, hopefully, if the voters elect me in Congress for the 25th Congressional District, which is all of Monroe County and half of Orleans County. So we're uh, plowing through. This is the first time that I've ever run for office. I don't like to say political office. I like to say a public office because we're truly, truly here to serve the people. And, uh, you know, like we're, we're about public safety education and bringing jobs back to this area because it's about meeting people where they are and leaving them in a better place. Oh my God. Are we really talking to somebody running for office here? That's, that's just an amazing thing. You know, I truly believe you understand the difference between a politician and a statesman and, and uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe he is a statesman. Yes. So Virginia, oh. I've known you for a little while, a very little while, yeah. but who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> well, like the run, I was born and raised in Rochester, specifically in Gates. Okay, where um, I lived until I was twenty, and then I went to Purchase, SUNY Purchase, down in White Plains. Um, I I got my degree in vocal performance. I'm an opera singer, and then I got this amazing opportunity to go to Italy, and I lived in Mantova, Italy, for twenty years. 
um, where I sang all over Italy. Uh, I sang, my goodness, uh, theaters uh, up and down. I mean, there there isn't an area of Italy that I did not get a chance to sing at. Um, I became incredibly fluent and um, active in the Italian language and English language training. Oh, say something in, in, in Italian. Ciao ragazzi, come state? Ah, buenissimo! Eh sì, infatti si riesce a capire un po'. She just said that uh, translates to lightning has hit my bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I lived over there for, for 20 years, and as an immigrant, um, you meet other populations of immigrants. So I got to know a lot of people from interesting places like Cuba, and especially Brazil, but also Albania, the Ukraine, which has come up a lot in the news, and Russia. So I have friends from, from both sides of that. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that my goodness. Uh, there's a lot. Now, now, you said immigrant. Now, this yeah. is interesting, because we hear in the oh, news with immigration, my, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Laurent, we're probably going to ask you at some point, or someone going to ask you about this immigration issue. So you were an immigrant. That is correct. And nobody country. nobody ever talks about this. There are tons. They call them expats. But no, we. I was an immigrant in Italy and they welcomed me um, with open arms, which I was very blessed for. And I got to work with the immigration process over in Italy. So I'm I went through the there's a thing. process, right? Like you said, oh you went God. through. It's worse than America. People talk about America, but I mean, there is a lot of crying outside of the Questura. Um, there's actually, I had a friend from uh, Costa Rica that they just, they drove nuts and he was, he was fantastic. He played four or five different instruments. He spoke three or four different languages. He was passionate about opera and they, they tortured him with the immigration process so that he eventually just gave up and moved back to Costa Rica. But he was playing the bassoon with the Toscanini Orchestra, um, adding a lot to Italian society. And they sent him home while, wow. again, while I was living over there, you interact with everybody. At, the, at one point, I was the, um, the head of the English department at the Linguistic University. Um, that is the uni college uh, campus, and I was actually working on both campuses in Mantova and the one in Florence. And one of my jobs was to prepare interpreters to work with the immigration system. Very nice. So yes, yes, because there's a huge flux from all over the world over there. So yeah, I was very yeah. involved in all the legislation, what needs to be done, guiding the Italians to understand what it means to be an immigrant, what it means to be struggling to get that paperwork in, um, and all the kinds of things so you we go can through. Learn something from. I agree. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 as she's talking, Laurent, I'm thinking, well, Laurent. You, know, you might have found your director of, uh, of, of immigration. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a few Italians in Rochester, I've noticed. Oh, there's so. And when I went, you know, when I was growing up, I'm not Italian. Okay, so I was living in a place where everybody was different than everybody talks about this, how you've got to be represented by people that are the same as you. I was represented for 20 years by people that are totally different from me. And we take for granted the differences over in Europe, right? We think of Caucasians as this one block, right? But Europe has such a variety. Mm -hmm. What people are you talking? Are you talking about the Italians? Are you talking about the Albanians? Are you talking about the, the, the Swedes? Again, Oh, There's the huge Spanish influence that oh they also have. Oh my goodness, there is. Well, again, it was there were a lot of Cuban immigrants over there. So I got to ask a lot of the people that go back and forth with Cuba how they felt about Cuba, which is interesting to me because I got a variety of responses. I also danced salsa for many years. I was I worked at one of the mascara that is one of the main night 
um, dance clubs in Mantova. And I was helping. I was like the girl dancer that would come up and ask people that didn't know how to dance how to dance. So I did that. So I was very involved in the salsa community. And I, that's how I met all these people. I met people from all Amazing, over the place. Yeah. Well, where, where we have a lot of Puerto Ricans, they have all these Cubans. Yeah, they do. Remember, I mentioned in a previous show. Yeah, you said that. How yeah, in, yeah. in and Europe. There's, yeah, there's so much in common. There's so much in common. And so I got to hear all the different, they have different takes on Castro. You have some people that love him, some people that don't. Some, I mean, it was very, it was fascinating to me to talk to people and get, you know, all of their opinions about politics. Because when I went over to Italy, I didn't know anything about wow. Italian politics. And so I learned stuff over there, too. So I got... I, 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 but once I, we get into that political discussion, oh goodness, I surely, yeah. you know, it's hear just, how it is over there. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just amazing what you'll find when you sit down and actually talk to people. Oh and you find gosh. that you have more in common than you might have uh, the differences. Absolutely. You know? so Absolutely. I, I had the privilege of traveling all over Europe. I've lived in, in I think, over 20 different countries for some time, you know, for at least over two months. Uh, and I worked with a general. So everything we were doing, we were seeing, I was seeing the politics and the culture behind it. And that's really what led me to understand that America is truly the freest country uh, in this wonderful globe that we live on. Mm -hmm. But talking about Spanish and talking about culture, I did want to mention Puerto Rico. Uh, listeners, uh, you know, if we can just put our hands together today and, and just take some time uh, where we can just kind of pray for, for those in the Caribbean, especially in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, as of a few days ago, um, you know, they're saying that at least six municipalities across the islands were cut off of electricity and water. They're saying that uh, um, some 62 percent of 1.7 million population on this little island uh, still remains uh, uh, without uh, power and 36 percent uh, without water. I mean, that's significant. And, you know, this, this, this my, my country, this is where I come from. It's where my family comes from. Um, you know, it, it, they, they have been hit with earthquakes recently. They're still recovering, believe it or not, from uh, storms like Maria. So yeah. there's a lot of organizations out there like a Bear, um, a Bear American Action League and many others that are, are collecting uh, uh, resources and volunteers to help. So please check, out, check that out, look into it, uh, and uh, at the very least, if you can, say a prayer. Um, last week... We had a contest. Man, we, this is great. This is our, our third contest, our third winner. But you know what this is? Same winner, though. It is. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> we got we, you know, to have to impose a rule here. Only one win per family per month, please. There we go. Yes, only one win per family per month. Although I'm excited that Armando's listening. So Armando uh, Mariat Marianetti uh, is our, our winner, our second-time winner. I think that actually has earned him some time on our show. He's also one of our sponsors. Uh, Mariati, thank you very much for everything. Uh, for listening WL, to so show. advertisers and advertisers and agencies and uh, families not eligible to enter or win. Going forward. <laughs> Going forward. <laughs> he became our sponsor after it. <laughs> so anyways, he wins a t-shirt that's out there. The question that he had to answer was, what is the official relationship between Puerto Rico and the United States? And the difference, uh, uh, well, the question was, do Puerto Rican citizens immigrate or immigrate to the United States, uh, he answered correctly by stating that the U.S. Uh, that the Puerto Rico is an unincorporated U.S. territory, which is true, and he stated that Puerto Ricans uh, immigrate or immigrate with an e, with an e, with emigrate, an e. and he said, and that means that you left Puerto Rico. Very simply put, but a fact nonetheless. Kind of like coming from New Jersey to New York. Kind of like coming <laughs> emigrated to New York. 
So, so thank you again. Armando, your, this is your second T-shirt. Uh, don't wear them both at the same time. But now that you got two, you can wear them multiple days now and truly represent an or, or a show that is the first and only minority conservative radio talk Yay! show host in the area. Ladies and Hooray gentlemen, why wouldn't you want to inver- uh, advertise with us? <laughs> our, next, uh, our, next, our next contest will probably be a little bit harder. Okay. And and you know what? Challenge yourself. Don't go look this up on the internet. Challenge yourself. The question is, what are the differences between the American alphabet and the Spanish alphabet? Send your answers to next or Peter at nextstepsshow.com. That's plural. Nextstepsshow.com. First email wins. It's going to be a $25 gift card. Ooh, to where? Uh, it's just a general uh, uh, gift card. Okay. I was going to buy one specific, but I kind of like don't like those because what if I don't want to go there? Wow. Pretty cool. So I it's know, like a cash so card. Then. It's like a cash card. You can use it for gays, or you can take your favorite person out to dinner, or you can donate it to Duran or Christine. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the freedom yeah. of autonomy. That is the freedom of autonomy. <laughs> yes, it is. So... As I mentioned, we are the only minority conservative radio talk show host in the area, and it happens to be National Hispanic Heritage Month with a theme of Unidos, inclusive, uh, inclusivity for a stronger nation. What do you guys think about that theme? Virginia, what do you think? Oh, well, goodness. That's, that's the best thing. I, I think that um, including everyone is probably the, the best thing that we can do, and especially when you're looking at immigrant communities. In, um, in Gates, of course, we were talking about the enormous Italian community, which I wasn't interacting with on, when I was a child because I wasn't Italian. And now that I've come back, that's become my community after 20 years of living in Italy and being adottata, which of course means adopted, um, into their culture. I've been incredibly active with especially the older – as immigrants um, live in America, they sort of lose a little bit of that. That, um, heritage, which is which is sad, and we've tried to revitalize that community, especially with their second and third generations um, at the Italian American Community Center. I really would love to get younger people in there. And what I said to them is, why don't we do an event that will tie together, okay, the Italian community with this new Latino community that we have. Um, and um, what – because they wanted me to do – obviously, my specialty is uh, opera, Italian opera, and they wanted me to promote Italian culture. And I said, that's great, but we also have this other new group of people that they're very similar to how you guys were 50 years ago. So why don't we do this Uniting Our Voices event where we have some Italian opera music, right, that I can do and I have friends. We're donating our time for this, obviously. It's a benefit concert. And some Latino music, you know, more on the classical side because we couldn't bring in a whole band that would have been sort of a jarring uh, mix. So we're bringing in two wonderful guitarists um, from the Latino community. And we're doing this as a benefit concert for Christine Demo Vasquez because I said, how great is that? We have this candidate that comes from basically she's Italian, but her husband is Puerto Rican. And why don't we bring these groups together to unite our voices for families? So that's going to be on September 29th, which I'm really, really excited about. And I'm excited about um, seeing maybe some new faces there and, oh, and bringing these two communities together and two cultures couldn't be any more similar yes 
Well, I mean, I guess that, that, that's what I saw in Italy. Like I said, the Latino culture in Italy, it's it's fabulous because there are so many of them there. And they are the ones that, that again, I would interact with when I would go out dancing. And, and it's it's easy for them to blend in because even linguistically, there are a lot of similarities. Where's, where's this event going to be, Virginia? It's going to be at the Italian American Community Center out on Manitoba oh, Road in Gates. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Yeah, mm. but we're hoping to get a lot of Eastsiders to come, too, because there's there are huge Italian communities all over the place. And again, my hope and prayer is to get a lot of younger Latinos in. That would be great. So they can see sort of where the Latino community will progress over time mm-hmm. um, and understand how important it is to keep the cultural traditions alive mm-hmm. Who's and be, be proud performing of them. at this event? Well, I'm going to be singing, obviously. I'm going to be singing the Italian opera part. I'm a mezzo-soprano. And the idea was to get... Because Christine is a woman candidate, was to get women to sing together. So we have Emily um, Woodruff, who is going to be singing. She's a soprano, so she's going to be. We're going to be doing classical duets, and then we have Ruth Heiss, who's playing the piano. So that's a, an all-woman trio going on. Are you singing Puccini? Uh, well, actually, um, we are going to be singing. We're starting out with Sulari. We're, we've actually, I've taken duets that are famous from films. So if you watch the Shawshank Redemption, there's this beautiful scene where he uh, plays um, a duet from The Marriage of Figaro. And he and it's the symbol of freedom. He doesn't understand. He says, I don't know what those ladies were saying, but it was beautiful and he gets in trouble for it, right? You can find this clip on the internet. So we're starting with that. Um, and then we're moving into the duet that was in um, the Benini film, the, uh, the Barcarolle, that he uses when he is in Auschwitz uh, in the film, La Vita Bella. Um, and he plays it over the speakers, which is very similar to that Shawshank Redemption moment that he plays for his wife while they're in this concentration camp. And again, it comes from an opera where there's an entirely different scenario going on. But I love the idea of these symbols, music being this symbol for unification and freedom. And so and then, you know, we move through a program. It's short enough where we're, we want to leave time for Christine and uh, um, one of my friends who, who has had a lot of um, uh, interaction with the foster care system. She's a foster mom. She's going to talk about the importance of family court and the family court judges. And then we're going to move into Anthony, and I'm going to try and say is Anthony Santiago Cacciani. Yes. And uh, Xavier Torres. Uh, is that right? Yeah. There we go. Hey. That's Puerto my... Rican with an Italian twist. Uh, like exactly. That. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Laurent. Unifying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Laurent, real yes. quick. What do you, in like 10 seconds, what do you think about the word minority as it pertains to people that look like you and me? The word minority, uh, you know, I think it talks about, you know, being different. I think it talks about being, you know, things that bring people together, unity, strength. Um, I think that we need to be able to diversify make, make sure that we are out there make sure we are out in the community so when you talk about minority i think that's what it really means that we are strength ladies and gentlemen that is congressional candidate Laurent singletary and virginia eleanora mcintyre i hope i didn't mess up the middle name you're listening to the next step show with peter vasquez and aisha kreutz and the wysl stations we'll be right back Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me, baby. 
Here's a special message for veterans and surviving spouses from Alpine Manor. You may qualify for a special benefit from the VA. After applying for funds received for aid and attendance, your stay at Alpine Manor could be as low as $600 per month. Be sure to call for details. At Alpine Manor, their pride is personalized care for seniors who are not yet ready for a nursing home. There are supervised activities and medications, full laundry and housekeeping services, three dietary-approved home-cooked meals, and a bedtime snack, all provided in immaculate surroundings. Be sure to call for details on this new program for the veteran in your family. Keep the golden years carefree years at Alpine Manor, nestled in the picturesque rolling hills east of 390 in Livingston County, just 20 minutes from Rochester. New York State Health Department license. Call 346-5880. That's 346 346- 46-5880 for a no-obligation tour or information, or visit alpinemanor.com. The fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair Tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the Fair Tax Pledge, promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the next step show with Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz and our guests, uh, congressional candidate Laron Singletary and opera singer and award winner, international award winner, uh, Virginia McIntyre. <laughs> Welcome back to our show, guys. Thank you for hanging in with us. So right before we went to break, I asked you, you know, what, what, what we thought about the word minority. You know, I, I love where you stand on that. Unity is the most important T. You know, I, I've always found it weird how a group of individuals that are referred to as something less, um, you know, was accepted acceptable and i know most will say oh that has to do with population numbers etc etc i'm like but what does that do to the psyche of a child when all he hears growing up is that he's something less than something and when you look up the word minority that's exactly what it says yeah funny you say that peter i just looked at it the smaller number or part especially a number that is less than half the whole number that so I think I, there can be a negative connotation to the word minority when you think about it. Because, I mean, growing up in my household, we never really saw race. I mean, we saw people as people. Yes, here too. Um, that's Hallelujah. how my parents raised me. We saw people as people and that you can achieve and be anything that you want. My father just said you have to have good grades, but you can achieve anything that you want. And uh, you're right. I mean, I mean, for the most part in my career, in my life. Um, I was the only um, African-American police chief in Morrow County. You know, there was a lot of I was the only one in the room 
for many times, but that didn't discourage me. That didn't uh, make me think I was less than anyone, and nobody treated me less than anyone. At least they didn't say it vocally. I don't know what they thought in their head, but certainly they didn't come out and say, you're no lesser. I mean, I ran the largest police department in Monroe County when you count first road patrol. Um, you know, Sheriff's Department is bigger than the Rochester Police Department, but they have so many units combined. But, you know, I was the, the, the um, what many means consider a minority running a police department. I was the youngest police chief in Monroe County. Oh, yeah. But uh, people didn't discount my qualifications for the job. You know, it's interesting because um, it wasn't until I was told, and, and, and it was older, it wasn't until I was told that I was I was a minority that it, that I really realized I was a minority. Like you, my father said, listen, you, you, you raise your American flag and you love your heritage. And I never stopped being Puerto Rican, but, but I'm an American, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and when I went out and I spoke with people, I would have conversations of, you know, from, from business conversations, business deals to, to faith. And it never dawned on me that people actually looked at me a little different. Now, I'm 50 years old, and I will say that only once, and, and probably just in the last year since that, that one person in a municipality said to me, boldface, that they didn't want my kind there. Only once. But you know what? Instead of reacting, because it, so many different things went through my head, uh, I paused for a second. I said, I'm going to educate this person. I'm going to find out if it's malicious or if it's just... Ignorance. Uh, well, ignorance, but also, I mean, come on. I, I, if someone was constantly telling me that me and my race is the problem or a problem, and I'm like, how am I the problem? I've never looked at mm-hmm. anybody funny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little defensive. Right. And that's where the education piece comes in. For sure. Can I, can I add something? I know it's going to be weird to have me add something to this. Five dollars. Yeah, exactly. Ten even if you want. <laughs> um, but um, when I was over in Italy, okay, I would have – I didn't think – I didn't realize that there's any difference, right, between when you're – a white person in Europe that they can identify where you're from. I used to get people that stopped me on the street and they'd say, Matu, Matu non sei italiana, which means you're not Italian. They, they would literally, when they were talking to me, point out the fact that they saw me as different, right. right? Everywhere I went. And America is not a country that people are, initially they thought I was from the East. And there's a whole set of the way that they treat Eastern European immigrants, which I won't get into now, but it's very complicated, especially women when you're over in these countries. Um, but it was interesting when they would find out I was an American. There are people that love America. There are people that hate America. So I would get a lot of this, you know, all of the criticism that would come down on America for anything it would do. And I'd have to start defending America. That's how I changed part of my political views because I was like – I went over there not being a huge fan of our government. And then slowly but surely as I was defending things constantly and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, it changed me. So but at the same time, I think being different over there – being somebody, even if I was in a group of far left, I mean, like I said to you guys before, I mean, I could see the Communist Party flag down the street from my house. Um, even if I was at those events where they were not favorable of America, I turned that difference into my biggest strengths. Mm-hmm. And so if you're different, like uh, Laurent was saying before, that makes you stand out. It absolutely right? does. Who wants to be qualities. somebody that fades into the background? That's what we should be telling our kids. You stand out. You're special. That's what makes you strong. That's what gets you identified. But, absolutely. you know, I've asked before on this show, and, and, and the question that I asked before was, how many countries in this world has Hispanics mm-hmm. or blacks for that matter? Do you guys know? Most of them. <laughs> Most of them? Uh, Bob, do you remember the answer? I do. I don't want to, uh, no, spoiler alert. I, I know. 
I'll tell you what. I'll give you guys the answer when we come back and wrap up at the end of the show. Hmm. Bob, don't let me forget. Hmm. Okay. I forgot last time. (laughs) But, you know, we're talking about... You were the chief of police of one of the largest police departments. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought you were pretty darn effective. Thank uh, you. I also am born and raised in Rochester. You know, I've watched people like uh, the, the former uh, uh, mayor. Uh, um, I've watched you guys grow up. and mm-hmm. or not. I mean, not so much when you were kids. But, you know, I, I grew up in the same neighborhood. Gross. I saw your political career. Uh, I, I paid attention when you became chief. And I paid attention when she became mayor. Actually, I, in the beginning, I was pretty excited I mean, and, and what, a ta- what a time for Laron to be chief, too. Oh, absolutely. The, 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 uh, that, that particular time in this. I tell you what, we had so many things going on. We had uh, a pandemic. We had, um, you know, an officer. I had an officer who uh, was blind, blinded on yeah. a call. Awful. Denny Wright. I had uh, an officer who, several officer involved shootings. Uh, and we had protests and we had riots throughout. So we dealt with a lot. And everyone kept saying, what is God preparing you for? What is God preparing you for that you are dealing Feel with? Feel a little so Joe Blake, right? Right, right. So, right. So you the, know, and then the race thing—you got beat up a little bit on yeah. that, and you're still yeah. doing your political run. But you know, some Absolutely. of the some of the the things that came out of all the all these events, right, was the PAB board, yeah, a five million good. dollar, uh, and it was you know the voters spoke. They said they wanted it. it came in five nineteen, yeah, yep. and and it's been in motion since then, um, but. They, they they seem to be riddled with exactly what they're supposed to be uh, uh, investigating. And, you know, under your administration, I remember many, uh, uh, your entire, you know, police force was accused of not understanding the community or being uh, a racist of sort or, or and, and abusing others. I mean, and I'm sure there's some of that, but I, I, I have family members that were cops. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to become a cop once myself, but was told to have a potential problem with authority and I told the, the guy that well, if, if you're going to ask said, what the hell is that supposed to mean <laughs> I mean it is what it is I, I guess I, I do but I did work for a general and uh, hey I did very well and he's actually was my friend until he passed away so mm-hmm. I don't have that much authority just dumb authority yeah. uh, but nonetheless I mean, what, what, what's, what was the purpose of that board? I mean, that was it to come after you? Because, you know, what, what was it? No, it was actually introduced before I was police chief uh, in 2019. I was just going through the process, and they put it on a vote, and I think it was voted on um, sometime thereafter that I was uh, in the process of becoming police chief. And, you know, many people say it might have been political throughout that process, but, uh, you know— I, Throughout that process, I always said that any agency that believes it does not need oversight is an agency that has already failed. Now, the question is, what type of oversight does the agency need? And if it's a political process, if it's a political board, um, I think it's we, we, it's already failed. It has already failed. And I think that's where you see some of the problems that we continue to have today with the Police Accountability Board. It went through the, the, the appellate division, made a decision about it, that they did not have, have authority to discipline the police. Mm-hmm. You know, I always said that as chief of police, I need to be able to have the authority to discipline my officers. Um, if I didn't have the authority to discipline, I'm just an empty chair. I'm just an exactly. empty seat. You know, and in a paramilitary organization, you have to have the authority, just like a CEO of an organization. I'm the CEO of the police department. It's not even a paramilitary thing. It's a leadership thing you Absolutely. can't lead when you know without having the authority to 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 discipline you know as, as well as reward you got to be able to do both otherwise you know you're 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 going to have a bunch of kids yeah. just doing whatever they want without any kind of and i know these police officers aren't kids but when you're in leadership when you're leading you know same concept Absolutely. uh you know we we've talked a lot about uh, your opponent I mean, 
your your race and your and the differences between your opponent. And uh, I mean, we don't have to get into his name, right? You know, I speak the name of, uh, <laughs> but but we all know Joe Morelli. This guy exactly. is uh, is about as. Uh, um, He's about as out of touch, but not just out of touch. I mean, I've seen him. I was at every single one of those riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was praying beforehand. Um, you know, that we spent some time there. I got pictures. Of, and, and, and he would hide from the cameras, but he was there. He was and there. I'm like, what, what, what's the point of you being here? And if you're here, why are you not influencing? Uh, yes. Talking to people to, to reduce the violence. Why did you boot scoop before yeah, leadership? Uh, yeah, leadership. well, there was no leadership. He was pandering, yeah. is what he was doing. Him and 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 Bellows, but I guess that's another. It goes another back to topic. what you said there about about leadership, and he has done nothing to help the people of this twenty fifth congressional district. Like I said, when I was the police chief trying to calm a city, we had police cars being burned, we had businesses being looted, and what he did was go sit down with individuals who were calling for defunding the police. Now he will always say that he would he never actively said that he wanted to defund the police but sometimes action speaks louder than words yes, it and does. pictures speak a million words yep. um, so you know he, he can say all the rhetoric that he wants and I think the people will not be fooled this November and, and you know it's interesting because I believe it was yesterday the house passed a bill uh, increasing some type of funding for, for policing or something like that I haven't had a chance to read through that bill but you know as we get to this election uh, to these elections now all of a sudden COVID isn't COVID and, and police might need a little bit more money. But in reality, we know the true essence of, of people like Joe Morelli. Mm-hmm. When he was sitting in the assembly, I know he wasn't there for this, but he's a strong promoter of things like this. Like the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, which is a, a, a complete violation of what the Supreme Court said they can't do. Right. Mm-hmm. New York State recently passed Senate 5001 and its uh, assembly uh, uh, a counterpart for uh, these are bills four one zero zero one. Right. But yet they continue to do nothing but target legal yeah. abiding gun owners while favoring and releasing criminals. I have a clip you know, from Joe Morelli, uh, if we don't mind playing it real quick, and then I'd like your response. Uh... OK, here we go. That's why this week we are passing legislation to strengthen red flag laws, raise the age for semi-automatic gun purchases, ban bump stocks and high-capacity magazines, and promote safe storage of firearms. This builds on the action we've already taken to enact universal background checks and marks a critical step forward in keeping dangerous weapons out of the wrong hands. Yep. So, so, so. I mean, things that he's that he's been pushing, that's already been pushed. Things like the red flag laws. I mean, these are dangerous. These are dangerous bills, and they don't serve to protect anything. And I could totally see things like red flag laws going beyond the supposed. Hey, if you see somebody doing something bad with a gun, now we've got people calling uh, the cops on their exes, or even their kids or parents, for that matter, uh, based on some type of made up there uh, or or uh, exaggerated. Uh, domestic threat. Yeah, so it's it's all rhetoric. Joe really knows that you know he will propose something, but he knows it's not going to go anywhere uh, in Congress. He, it's all rhetoric to fool the people here on the ground. You know, it's about the due process. Red flag laws. We have laws that are already on the books. New York State is one of the most uh, restrictive states when it comes to gun laws in the country, and yet we still have incidents that are occurring. Uh, around this country and to include right here in New York. And Joe Morelli refuses to talk about the violence that occurs in the city of Rochester every single day that impacts minorities. Black on black crime. He is silent on it. I just posted today on social media. I did an interview with Brian Kilmeade 
and uh, on, on Fox, and we talked about it was April 25th, and I think we had 23 homicides, and here we are, we sit 60 homicides in the city of Rochester, and he chooses not to say anything about the violence that occurs in the city of Rochester. Mm-hmm. So Joe Morelli is pandering. Joe Morelli continues to, to just talk rhetoric and try to fool the people right here in this district. He does not do anything no. for the members in his district. And he was in the assembly when he did vote for the SAFE Act. Yes, he, he voted was. for the SAFE he, Act he in the assembly. He pushed it. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was something like a one murder every three and a quarter days or something like that. The last time I looked at the numbers uh, here in Monroe County, which is sad because you're right. He doesn't... Uh, he doesn't mention yeah. those kind of things. Now, for our listeners, Laurent, you know, we, we, we are in a conservative radio talk show, right? Aisha and I are the only uh, uh, black and brown conservative <laughs> radio talk show in the area. Um, w- what are you going to do um, for, 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 for pro-Second Amendment people? What are you going to do to protect us to ensure that crazy things like, uh, like, like the you know, Concealed Carry Improvement yeah. Act doesn't happen. Now, look, we're big on, on, on freedom, mm-hmm. and, and you're running national. Yep. So what can you do at the federal level to stop New York State governors and similar governors uh, from taking away rights the way they are? What we can do, we can impose legislation that is going to protect uh, Second Amendment rights. The, second, the Supreme Court uh, just made a ruling um, in New York that people have the right to defend themselves. People have the right to have concealed carry. And what did, what did Kathy Hochul do? She doubled down. She doubled down on it. It increased. Right. So right now, people in New York do not even know when and where they can carry concealed. And she's uh, prevented some business owners from carrying within their own establishment. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And again, criminals do not care about laws. You know, we just had a, a shooting on school property the other night. Three people were shot. Over 30 rounds were fired at uh, Wilson on 200 Genesee yeah. Street. We had uh, over a week ago, we had a shooting at a, a rec center playground. That's a place where guns aren't supposed to be. So, you know, I mean, again, Joe Morelli is all he's trying to do is make criminals, um, make, make law-abiding citizens criminals. Mm-hmm. And they have a problem with putting criminals behind bars. They believe it's immoral. But yet, they're the ones who are protected daily by public servants who are armed, and they're trying to disarm other individuals. And if you put more laws on the books, all you're doing is marginalizing, marginalizing individuals who are already uh, disenfranchised. You know, exactly. when I was chief of police, and even today, I still get so many emails about individuals from the minority community who have been rejected by judges from pistol permits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be a subjective reason, but these are individuals who live in some of the most dangerous neighborhoods who want to protect themselves. So when the left talks about defunding the police, which they've done over the last two years, which we're still feeling effects of, and then now you want to take away people's Second Amendment rights to protect themselves. So where do we go? The number one role of government is to provide uh, protection yep. um, to, for the people. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one role of government is for to provide safety and protection of the people. And if you don't have public safety, forget everything else. Mm-hmm. And forget it doesn't it. mean infringing on people's rights. Correct. It doesn't mean top-down mm-hmm. leadership. It actually means bottom-up leadership mm-hmm. uh, uh, with trust in the police force. That uh, And when you have trust in the police force, mm-hmm. when you have trust in your, in your elected officials, mm-hmm. you have a community that works together. Absolutely. You have a faith community that can do wonders within that community. But people like Joe spend a lot of time uh, uh, talking about faith and faith communities, but doing everything that he possibly can to uh, 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 to break those apart. Absolutely. Everything from the black family. And, and, you know, we can take a whole nother show. And family once you're values. elected in November, we'll bring you back on and we'll talk 
more and about those things. I can't wait for you to be my congressman. Oh, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. I'm so excited I can't about your campaign. But, but like, I cannot say, stress that enough. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm tired of hearing clips like what we just heard Joe Morelli says. That doesn't unite. That doesn't no. bring people together. That does, that, that, that literally makes families uh, uh, broken apart by, I mean, three point. Uh, over three uh, percent, or, or over three, mur- or cheapers. One murder in every three every days. Three days is yeah. Every three days, yeah. Every three days, sixty so far. This I mean, it, it, and most of these are young people. Now, if every murder that Joe was responsible for was at the end of a gun or a knife or violence uh, on the streets, you know, I would say, man, that's really bad. But what takes it over the top is that this guy, right, literally sits there and says. People in the black and brown community need to abort their children because it's just easier for them. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about, all right, to the tunes of, for every 100, you've heard us say this on the show before, for every 100 baby, a black specific, black baby born, there's 59 of them that are aborted. That's more than half. Since Roe versus Wade, more black babies have been aborted since the 1965 total U.S. black population. And guess who continues to carry the, the torch and, 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 and push for those? And listen, I'm in no way suggesting that every white person falls under this category because it is not true. I am a leader in the, uh, uh, in the pro-life community, and I know many uh, uh, that, 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 that do not carry this, many Democrats that don't carry that. This is a progressive, a specific specific group of people, right? Now, yes, all numbers of abortion are bad. But when you compare the the 59 out of 100 babies being aborted to the 14 out of 100 being aborted for a white population, not much uh, more uh, uh, less than the black is a Hispanic. Ladies and gentlemen, understanding what abortion and the person that started it, that to me leads me to believe that when you hear someone like Joe uh, Morelli saying what you heard in the clip, when you hear him and, and, and Kathy Hochul and, and uh, who else do we have in Congress? Uh, uh, AOC, who's her bobblehead and, and Omar, and, and, Omar and, and, and who I call Very the Wicked Bush. Witch because she kind of looks like the Wicked Witch in, in uh, what, what's her name? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> you know, all these people, Chucky Schumer, you know, they're sitting up there at the top of their lungs. Ignoring their Planned Parenthood's own data. It's, it's big money. It is big it's, money. It's, it's huge money, uh, and it's particularly big to the Democrats. It is. But for the first time in my lifetime, there's a congressional candidate who stood up against all this recently and said, no, this isn't about taking away choice from, uh, from women. Right. This is about educating them and giving them the choice. You know, yes. Planned Parenthood doesn't even do sonograms. Mm-hmm. Of course not, mm-hmm. and, and that's that, me bending. That, that, that uh, well, if, if, if the if the women saw the sonograms, they wouldn't abort. That's why and that puts separate right. plan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's just zero in on that a little bit too, Leron. Uh, uh, Morelli tried to reposition you uh, mm-hmm. by, by by yeah well that and try and also trying to suggest that you wanted to ban abortion in Correct. New York or that you're in favor of an abortion ban. Correct. New York is already codified in law, and. I'm not in favor of a nationwide ban on abortion. That's what he's trying to say. The Supreme Court has already said it's a ridiculous issue. It's a state's issue. It's not going to happen. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you know what? The left, like people like Joe Morelli and the left, likes to talk about disparities amongst the African American community, but except when it does not benefit them. You know, abortion should be a part of that conversation. He calls me extreme on the issue. He is extreme. He believes in abortion all the way up until birth. And when you look at the numbers 
uh, like Peter pointed out, how can you continue to ignore that? How can you continue to tout that? And yet still be silent about the violence that occurs on the street involving black people. So you're okay with killing black babies and you're also must be okay with the blacks being killed in the streets and killing each other mm-hmm. like crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, if, if, well, it just goes to prove the old adage that if you want to know what the progressives are up to, look at what they accuse you of doing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's classic projection. And they try to make this a woman's issue all the time, and they ignore all of the women that if they knew the stats on nine-month abortions would be horrified, horrified. You know, I talk to – I have – all my friends are liberals, okay? So I was talking to one of my friends, and, you know, of course she's pro-choice, right? But not up to – she said, well, nine months is a little bit much. Like they cringe at that nine-month mark because if it's nine months, it should be uh, an emergency C-section, not an abortion. Um, but she had a miscarriage. So a miscarriage, they go through the same process, obviously, that you go through with an abortion. And I, I know about this personally. And um, and she looked over at me when she was talking about her miscarriage, which I believe was a first trimester miscarriage. She said, you know, I, I, I asked myself if I did something wrong because, you know, it's a baby. But if we talk about the pro-choice position, she'll say, well... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to touch that because I don't want to take that choice away from other people. But you just said when you had a miscarriage, you mourned because you felt it was a baby. So which is it? You know, which is it? Is it that the miscarriage that happens in that area in that uh, amount of time is something that we should be mourning as the loss of a human being? Oh, or is it a clump of cells and we should be looking at you kind of saying, eh, no. do you know what I mean? Um, well, if, if I could add, I mean, Loren, you were a... At some point, you were a road cop, correct? Absolutely. Was there ever a time where you had to check to see if someone was alive or not? Oh, absolutely. How did you do that? The pulse. Okay, so so the pulse is an indication. So so you're sitting here alive. If you passed out right now, the first thing I'm going to check is, does this person have a heartbeat? So so once the heart starts beating, how can we possibly in any way, shape, or form think that it's not a life when that's how we know if we're alive ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening or hanging in here with us uh this is the next step show with peter vasquez and aisha kreutz today's guest is congressional candidate uh laron singletary and an award-winning opera singer hopefully when we come back she'll do a, a couple seconds of opera for us uh virginia mcintyre we'll be right back on the wysl stations get the podcast at wysl1040.com Here's a special message for veterans and surviving spouses from Alpine Manor. You may qualify for a special benefit from the VA. After applying for funds received for aid and attendance, your stay at Alpine Manor could be as low as $600 per month. Be sure to call for details. At Alpine Manor, their pride is personalized care for seniors who are not yet ready for a nursing home. There are supervised activities and medications, full laundry and housekeeping services, three dietary-approved home-cooked meals, and a bedtime snack, all provided in immaculate surroundings. Be sure to call for details on this new program for the veteran in your family. Keep the golden years carefree years at Alpine Manor, nestled in the picturesque rolling hills east of 390 in Livingston County, just 20 minutes from Rochester. New York State Health Department license. Call 346-5880. That's 346-5880 for a no-obligation tour or information, or visit alpinemanor.com. 
The fair tax replaces the income tax and abolishes the IRS for good. But that's not going to happen if the current crop of politicians have their way. Fair Tax New York is looking for motivated citizens who are willing to contact candidates and get them to sign the fair tax pledge, promising to push for fair tax if elected. Call Fair Tax New York at 585-944-0588. That's 585-944-0588. Make that call today. Hi, this is attorney Christine Demo Vasquez. For more than 18 years, I've provided quality legal services tailored to the unique needs of each of my clients. I take the time to educate my clients about the law, explain the legal process, listen carefully, answer questions, and keep my clients informed throughout the process. An attorney who understands the complexities of the family court system, call attorney Christine Demo Vasquez at 585-427-0675. 585-427-0675. Peter Vasquez and Aisha Kreutz, the next step show on the WYSL stations. Actual recording of Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's the queen of the night. That is one of the highest arias, and I have a friend who does it marvelously. Um, No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is Virginia. It really is. A recording of her. So, yeah. I, I gotta ask. I do Carmen. So, oh. so when an opera singer says that they're like expert opera singers or whatever, uh-huh. like, does uh-huh. that mean they're expert putting people to sleep? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm no. joking. I'm joking. I no. actually like opera a little bit. Oh, I don't know a lot that's about lovely. it. Uh, yeah. But 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 every once in a while, and just because I, I like Star Trek a lot, yeah. uh, and I like uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, I do too. And, and, oh my that's God. a lot like opera. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jean Luc Picard liked liked yeah. opera. He liked yeah. uh, uh, classical type of stuff. Yep. So, yep. And, you know, actually, I, I named my oldest son after um, after a. Uh, um, after one of the characters Uh-oh. in the Star Trek. Well, one of their real names. What a shame as to what they've done to the new Star Trek stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, I grew up sad. loving mm-hmm. The Next Generation, just loving it. Does our next congressman, are you a, a, a sci-fi? Uh, I do like sci-fi. I, I, was, I was into Star Trek and still am. You know, I like sci-fi, Star Trek. <laughs> Wish I had a little more time for it nowadays in campaigning, but, you know. The um. only Star Trek episodes that I haven't seen more than once... Uh, even the new ones I've watched, all the new ones oh my is the lower ducks. I just I oh, can't okay. get into the. Oh, to me, it's oh. it's over the top, non Star Trekky. Oh, oh. uh, but I do enjoy Star Trek. Uh, do you guys know that Wayne County, New York, has recently passed a resolution uh, that they are now a they declared itself a gun friendly county. I did. I saw that. Good for them. Genesee County is working on it as well, and they're trying to build coalitions with counties throughout the state uh, as they move to. uh, uh, And and obviously, you know, there's lawsuits popping up too uh, to to, to have Kathy. People are energized. People are energized. When you try to take people's rights away, and when you come for people's rights, and I mean, people are energized. People are willing to fight back because they see what's happening. They see what's happening. I I have friends that come from other countries, uh, just like similar to what you were talking about. And they say, we see where you guys are going. Exactly. We see, we lived it. We see where you guys are going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's scary. That's Uh scary. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and it, the, the complete disregard for our constitu- our state constitution. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the state constitution in its preamble uh, actually uses the word God? It, it invokes God mm-hmm. and uses the word God yeah. and the liberties that come with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet we have a, a state government that has decided they wanted to have an all-out attack yeah. on on every on all our rights from our faith. Our, uh, uh, I mean, we talk faith, politics, and entrepreneurship. Everything, every single one of our tenants are being. Uh, are under attack from the state government. How, mm-hmm. how, how, are they, how do you sleep at night knowing that you're violating the Constitution just for votes or putting, again, you put politics over people and it's just wrong every day and you'll never win? Well, they believe that uh, government is God, Laurent. Uh, they, they really do. I mean, do? seriously, wow. that's, uh, that's a central tenet. Both governors, uh, Cuomo and, his, and this unelected governor that we have in there, have both dismissed. And if you remember, Cuomo actually used Bible quotes to mock uh, uh, God during the pandemic. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, it was the most. Uh, and go back a few years before that, where he, you know, he said people like you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did, that, how did that work out for Andy? By the way. Yeah. Well, you know what? What really gets me though is that the current governor and the current attorney general, even though they're going after uh, search engines to to hide uh, pregnancy centers, and they're going after the current pre- or the former president, um, they're not going after Cuomo. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, what seven or eight or nine different? Uh, what did you expect something to happen there? Yeah. Well, I kept my fingers crossed, but I hope people see the hypocrisy or and the, for her pay to play mm-hmm. and her and yeah, well, I mean, yes. Let's always remember that when we're talking about um, liberals, a lot of them really they get convinced that what they're what. The Democrats are doing a right. I mean, I know tons of very sweet people that will look over and say, no, it's the Republicans that want to take away your rights. No, it's the religious that want to take away your rights. Like they don't even see the um, the cognitive dissonance as it's happening. So, I mean, again, there are a lot of really sweet that will look over and say, oh, it's the Roe versus Wade that wants to take away. No, no, no. It's just, it's just, it's not, it's not like that at all. And I'm the only one here that doesn't own a gun, but I'm all for gun ownership for other people. I just think it, it, it is. You talk about gun ownership. I think what she did is she upset, you know, Democrats, Republicans, because Democrats own guns too. Independents own guns too. You know, I mean, and I think people are really, particularly um, black people, Hispanics, I think they're starting to really see uh, the writing on the wall um, that the, the, the Democratic narrative is not for them. Yeah. And I think me running, my candidacy, running as a black Republican, mm-hmm. I can say things particularly that maybe um, a white Republican cannot. Mm-hmm. And so when I challenge them on things that I say that particularly um, my counterpart could not or anything like that, they, um, they don't have a response. They don't have mm-hmm. a response because I'm opening eyes up out there mm-hmm. in the street. And there's a conversation being had right now about, oh, wow, is the Democratic Party really for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, in addition to to taking away gun rights, in addition to to continuing this push, this slaughter against uh, uh, black and brown babies, uh, or just babies in general. Um, you know, excuse me. People like uh, like Morelli and 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 the New York State governor are pushing things like legalized marijuana, right? And the crazy thing is that they're pushing it on the black and brown community. But mm-hmm. what they're not telling the black and brown community even though they wrap it up in a pretty picture, is you go apply for like a medical marijuana card, for example. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could smoke out all day, mm-hmm. uh, but you're also not never going to be able to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And your First Amendment rights may come into question mm-hmm. uh, because of your, your, your use of what they're calling legalized marijuana. Laurent, we've got about a minute and a half left. Tell our listeners... How they can get a hold of you? Sure. How can they donate to you? What's your? How mask? can I get involved? 
Pound, pound lawn signs or whatever. Yeah. Everything. Well, this campaign is so important, and they can get involved by going to www.singletary4congress.com. They can help out with stuffing envelopes. They can help out with going door-to-door, which, Virginia, I appreciate you so much. You've been going door-to-door for all the candidates yes, this election cycle because this election is so important. So www.singletary4congress.com. We need everyone to get out to vote on election day. Make sure you text 10, 15, 20 of your friends in the phone to remind them to make sure that they get out to vote. That's what we need. This election is so important. And, and uh, website one more time? www.singletary4congress.com Virginia, how can somebody get a hold of you? Well, uh, obviously we are going to be doing the benefit concert for Christine Demovasquez the 29th of September. That's next Thursday night. Um, at 6.30 the doors open. At 7 o'clock the concert begins. It's going to be at the Italian American Community Center out on Manitou Road in Gates. And oh my gosh, I hope to see you all there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the next Steps show. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget about our contest advertisers. Don't forget to give us a call. Until next week. Soy cara de niño.